It's Tuesday, June 11th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the latest deal between the U.S. and Mexico about the border. We'll connect the dots on what being designated as a safe third country has to do with it. Then Iowa is corn and caucus country. We'll explain why both are important in the race to 2020. And finally, why people in Botswana are showing their pride. We're here to make your Tuesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Sunbasket. The most complicated story today is about Mexico and the deal it reached with the U.S. to curb immigration across their shared border. We talked about this last week, how President Trump has been threatening Mexico with tariffs on all goods going into the U.S., unless Mexico's government does more to stop immigrants from coming across the southern U.S. border. Tariffs would actually hurt both countries, including importers and consumers in the U.S. So a lot of people weren't psyched about this. Then, late on Friday, the Mexican government and the Trump administration reached a deal, and they hit pause on the tariffs threat. That said, the deal does contain a few conditions. And President Trump teased yesterday that something more could be coming from Mexico. Well, we have an agreement on something that uh, they will announce very soon. It's all done. He didn't say it outright, but people are saying that he's probably referring to something called a safe third country agreement with the U.S., something Mexico has made very clear it's not interested in. We're going to get into what's in this deal, what are the potential problems here, and why is this safe third country designation a big deal? So, what's in the deal? Mexico's agreed to expand a program already in place called the Migrant Protection Program. It's nicknamed Remain in Mexico. See, most people coming across the U.S. border these days are from Central America, and they ask for asylum when they get here. And then they're in the legal system waiting to see if they can stay. The Trump administration wants to make it harder for people to do that. So earlier this year, Mexico agreed to have Central American asylum seekers wait in Mexico until their asylum hearing, instead of being housed in, say, southern Texas. Not an ideal situation for Mexico. It's putting a strain on their resources. Many asylum seekers have been hurt or even kidnapped while waiting there. But now, Mexico's agreed to take in even more. Mexico's also agreed to open more checkpoints at its southern border where many Central American migrants have come over en route to the U.S. and arrest more Central American migrants. Right now, they arrest about 700 a day, and they're going to go up to 2,000. To do that, Mexico's going to deploy 6,000 members of its National Guard, which experts say for Mexico is like sending an entire state police force to the border. It's a big deal for Mexico to agree to do this, but there's no guarantee this deployment will work. Mexico's National Guard is very new. Really, it's only been around for a few months. And this isn't really its job. It was created by Mexico's president back in March as a way to protect the public. Local law enforcement agencies in Mexico have gotten more corrupt, and violence and murders are on the rise. So they combined members of Mexico's military and naval police with the federal police to help keep the peace. But these guys, the Mexican National Guard, aren't trained in border security, and they're not connected to the country's immigration agency. But the Trump administration is applauding this move and the others as a win on immigration, and is hoping that it works. 
one sticking point between the two countries remains over something called a safe third country agreement. The U.S. has an agreement like this with Canada, and it's been asking Mexico to sign one for a while now. It means if a migrant from Guatemala arrives at the U.S. border by way of Mexico, the U.S. can send the person back to Mexico to seek asylum there instead. Basically, the agreement says that Mexico is just as safe for them as the U.S. Couple of problems here. First with the word safe. Like we said, Mexico is not exactly a safe country. Hence, the new National Guard. Here's Mexico's former foreign minister, Jorge Castaneda, earlier this week on NPR. Certainly, it's not a safe place for Mexicans, so I don't see why it would be a safe place for Guatemalans. And besides that, Mexico doesn't exactly have its house in order when it comes to other important things, like paperwork. The Mexican president has recently cut the budget for agencies that deal with refugees. And immigration officials are having a hard time processing the applications they're already getting. Having Central American asylum seekers get asylum in Mexico could be more than Mexico's able to handle right now. Like we said before, President Trump has alluded to some new deal coming. But Mexico hasn't agreed to being designated as a safe third country just yet. Their current foreign minister, Marcelo Ebrard, says he'll revisit the question in 45 days, when the U.S. and Mexico check in to see how things are going. He's also reportedly interested in setting up a kind of regional safe country agreement, where Mexico and other Central American countries would share the burden, with backup from the United Nations. So what's the skim? Arrests at the U.S.-Mexico border are at a 13-year high, and the Trump administration is shifting responsibility for undocumented immigrants to Mexico. Experts say Mexico might get some help from the weather. Immigration tends to drop in the summer because of the heat. That's the short term. In the long term, the Mexican foreign minister says they need to improve infrastructure on their southern border and really make it clear there's even a border there to begin with. All of this is having a ripple effect, including on Europe. The New York Times reports that some Central American migrants are skipping the long, hard, and possibly fruitless trek on land to the U.S. and are flying to Brussels or Spain to seek asylum there instead. So all of this may work out for the Trump administration in the short term. But critics say, long term, it may be better to focus on fixing poverty and crime in Central America. The reasons people want to leave their homes in the first place. The U.S.-Mexico border will likely be a hot topic in the 2020 presidential race. But right now, the candidates are focusing more on Iowa. We'll explain why next. Life is busy. Prioritize what's important and let Sunbasket take care of your meals. With delicious meal plans like paleo, carb-conscious, gluten-free, Mediterranean, diabetes-friendly, and vegan, plus quick and easy recipes, you can enjoy a dinner full of clean ingredients in as little as 15 minutes. Sunbasket caters to your kind of healthy. Go to sunbasket.com slash skim this to get up to $80 off. Visit sunbasket.com slash skim this to learn more about this limited time $80 offer. There's still a year and a half to go before the 2020 election, but the presidential candidates are already on the campaign trail. And they've been swarming Iowa. 19 Democrats were there over the weekend, stumping right next to each other. Hello, Iowa Democrats. We have a lot, a lot of presidential candidates here this afternoon. And I want to thank the people of Iowa. God bless Iowa. 
Today, President Trump and former VP Joe Biden join the fray. So now, three things you need to know about Iowa. Starting with, why is Iowa so important anyway? It's because of the presidential primary calendar. Iowans have something called a caucus, and they cast the first votes. So donors and the news media pin a lot on a presidential candidate's success in the caucus. First-term Senator Barack Obama was an underdog before he won there in 2008. And we know how that story ended. So Iowa is an interesting testing ground for national politics, but it isn't exactly representative of the entire U.S. Based on the last census data, Iowa is far less ethnically diverse than the rest of the country. It also has lower unemployment, slightly fewer college grads, and a slightly lower median household income. So what do Iowans care about? One of the big talkers in Iowa is biofuels, specifically ethanol. Ethanol is made from corn. Some environmentalists support it because it reduces the amount of fossil fuels and gas. But others say pushing ethanol reduces the push to have cars run on cleaner energies. Ethanol was also banned from being produced in the summer because people were worried about smog. Not great for the environment. But Iowa is the country's top ethanol producer. So it's important to farmers and for their economy. Candidates from both parties have to position themselves when it comes to ethanol. During his visit to Iowa today, Trump was scheduled to talk to workers at an ethanol plant and talk up his administration's latest move to let ethanol sales go ahead year-round, even though the oil industry has sued the administration to try to block the rules, since the move will affect demand for their fuel. And there are the environmental concerns we talked about. Many Democrats agree with the environmentalists and oppose ethanol. Biden's probably going to get questions from Iowans for pushing to cut ethanol levels in fuel back in 2014. But not all feel that way. Senator Elizabeth Warren has been a big supporter of ethanol. That could give her a leg up. Candidates might not go far in Iowa if they don't back ethanol, even though it's not something that's top of mind in other early voting states. June is Pride Month, and Botswana is here for it. It just became the latest African country to decriminalize gay sex. Today, a three-judge panel in Botswana overturned a law from the 60s that made gay sex illegal. You could go to jail for it. A student recently challenged that law in court, saying that society has changed and is more accepting of homosexuality. A judge delivering the landmark ruling today said that sexual orientation is an important part of a person's personality and that when minority groups are marginalized, all of human dignity is harmed. Same-sex relationships are illegal in more than 70 countries around the world, and almost half of them are in Africa. So Botswana's decision is a big turning point. For more of the Skim's Pride coverage, head over to theskim.com pride. Before we go today, we've got some fun facts coming to you from the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. The ladies kicked off their first game of the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup today against Thailand. The U.S. team was undefeated last season, ranked top of the FIFA World ratings for 11 of the last 12 years, and holds records for the most games played, most wins, and most goals scored across the previous seven World Cups. As the reigning champions, the U.S. team is favored to crush it this year, too. If they do, it would be their fourth World Cup trophy, which they can put up next to their four Olympic gold medals. 
so it might be time to buy a new trophy case. And that's all for Skim This. The women's national team is also crushing it in gender equality. They've sued their bosses for equal pay. We've got a whole Skim Notes audio episode on that in our Skim app, so check it out. And we've got another special item, our first book, How to Skim Your Life. It just came out today. It'll help you navigate some of the less glamorous parts of being an adult. Think personal finances, getting what you want out of your career, and picking the right bottle of wine at a restaurant. It makes a great graduation gift, if you need one of those. And if you want to get one in person, Skim co-founders Carly Zakin and Danielle Weisberg are on tour, maybe in a city near you. You can find out more at theskim.com slash book. <laughs>